Welcome, everybody, to another Angry Wargamer podcast. I am your host, Jason, the Angry Wargamer. And today is just me and Drew. So, what up, Drew? What's going on, peoples? How y'all doing? Yeah, so, uh, you got any updates from the last week? Nothing new and exciting on my end, at least not at this point. Oh, we do have some we do we do have some confirmation on that Sony thing though. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you were the one that told me you want to talk about it. <laughs> it depends on which Sony thing. Give me a second. It's the the eShop that we were talking about. That that would that's not the it's not the are you talking about Bethesda? No, the Sony eShop. They were closing, remember it was just a rumor, and then you told me you had oh. got you got confirmation. Yeah, I got an email, and I got an email basically telling me that uh, the PlayStation Store is closing. It, they are definitely closing the PlayStation Store. Uh, the actual dates of it, give me a second here while I bring up my email, because I actually do have the email for it. Which is weird. You think they'd send that to everybody with a PlayStation account? Like, I should have gotten that same email, and I didn't. Yeah, it's true. But what are you going to do? Well, hear it from you. That's what I plan on doing right now. <laughs> that is a thing. <laughs> yep. Oh, show. Well, anyway, while you're looking that up, I've had one hell of a, a week, let me tell you. <laughs> so uh, starting, what did I say? Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday, I uh, stirred up some trouble at work. Then I came home, and as I got home, the garbage man was picking up my garbage. So I hopped out of my truck, grabbed, like, you know, a few, like, I think a McDonald's bag from earlier that day and a couple other pieces of garbage, like empty water bottles and shit, and I go to toss them out. Well, I toss them out as he pulls up. Mind you, I have garbage all over my floor because it was windy that day. So I was picking up garbage along with it to go, you know, put back in the bin. As he's picking it up, I'm like right there. So I step back, he empties it. You know, I take my can inside, whatever. I go back inside my house and realize that I have just thrown out my wallet. Oh, my. Yeah. So ID, social security card, insurance card, four or five credit cards, <laughs> like everything gone. My, uh, my fucking casino card. My Speedway card, like everything, gone. So I thought I can catch the guy before he got to the end of the street. Turns out, as I was wasting time looking for the wallet that was in the garbage can, he had already emptied the little hopper thing, so there was no way for me to get my cards back. So, um, yeah, I haven't been able to spend money since uh, Wednesday. <laughs> Had to cancel all my cards, get new cards. Even though I told them I needed replacement cards, they were like, we're canceling them anyway. And I was like, look, I threw my shit in the garbage. Like, no one's stealing my stuff. There's no um, unapproved whatever. So, uh, yeah. And along with that, the Podbean account, which was supposed to take its money this week, could not because I canceled the card before they took their money. So... <laughs> This one will be a little bit behind until I get some uh, some of my cards in, which have shipped. So <laughs> you'll get you, may, you might get two at the for the price of one next week. <laughs> Today's April third, by the way. That was what April first. Yeah, I threw no no no. 
31st. That was March 31st. So wasn't even a bad April Fool's joke. Oy. So, yeah, I'm an it's idiot. It's fun for you unless you're fucking it all up. What the hell, man? I know, dude. So, yeah, I sent you a picture of that, uh, that pasta thing I made earlier. That was literally me going through my cabinets because um, my wife went to work. And I don't have cash because I can't get cash. Oh, because I had to go get my new driver's license the next day, which I ended up getting. And then I had to order my new new social security card. So I haven't been able to take I didn't I haven't taken money out. So I have like 10 bucks and my PayPal card, um, which I think can connect to a bank account. I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. So I guess I have some funds. Um but but not many. <laughs> so my lunch today was basically what was in my cabinets, and I Googled all the ingredients and found that dish. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So, yeah, it was still mighty tasty, so I couldn't really complain. It was either that or I had to defrost steaks, and um, by the time I got hungry, it was already too late to defrost them. So, yeah. <laughs> so what's the date on that zoning thing? <laughs> All right, so, dear such and such, we are closing PlayStation Store on PlayStation 3 on July tw- July 2nd, 2021, and the PlayStation Vita devices on August 27th, 2021. Additionally, the remaining purchase functionality for the PSP will also retire on July 2nd, 2021. After thoughtful consideration, we decided to make these changes in an effort to focus our resources for the PlayStation Store on PS4 and 5, which will enable us to enhance the customer experience even further. We thank you for your support on these platforms throughout the years. What does this mean for you? You will no longer be able to purchase PS3, PS Vita, and PSP digital content, including games and video content. You will also no longer be able to make in-game purchases through games on PS3, PS Vita, and PSP. While the PSP storefront was previously closed in 2016, the remaining PSP purchase functionality, ergo in-game purchases, will now be fully retired. What about content you already own? You will be able to download your owned PS3, PS Vita, and PSP content, including games and video content. You can download your own content onto your PS3, PS Vita, or PSP by accessing the download list on the respective device. If you have purchased a PS3, PS Vita cross-buy bundle and have only downloaded either or of the for those versions, you will need to download the other version prior to the closure to ensure that it'll, you'll be able to access it later. Video content that you that you own can be streamed to the PS3, PS4, and PS5 through the My Videos app or on mobile devices through the PlayStation Video app. You will still be able to re-download and play game titles you have claimed through PlayStation Plus as long as you remain a member of the service. And then it goes on talking about uh, vouchers, wallet funds, and cross-buy content, which they already talked about previously. So yeah, that's the nail in the coffin. Well, I mean, Get it's, your shit. buy your shit if you need to. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's still good that you can access your library. They didn't take that functionality away, which is honestly what I was most worried about, because if you, like I don't own any of those systems, so I don't have to really worry about it. But, um, you know, you know, we talk about all the time how everything's going digital and uh, a lot of the stuff that we buy is digital, like, you know, our indie games and stuff like that. And. A lot of these indie games, they don't cross over to the next-gen platform half the time. So, I mean, it's good to know that we can still access our libraries. So, that's good. Yeah, I think I think with a lot of the stuff, once 
Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not IT, but my guess is, is it, it, when it comes to pre already purchased stuff, there is a database that they have access to that's separate from the actual storefront. And they just have to have a copy of the, uh, the games in question on a separate, you know, server that they can just maintain, you know, minimally so that, you know, people need to grab stuff. They can just do so. Most, most places do that at least for a, for a period of time. I know, um, uh, the Wii, the Wii, uh, the Wii shop didn't do that after a certain point. Like they, they stepped it back like they did back. I think it was 2016 when they said, well, we're not having the storefront anymore, but if you had games that you already had, you can keep accessing them. And then they nixed it after a bit. So if you didn't have it, if you had stuff on there that you couldn't download, I mean, you were out of luck. I, I had one game that I couldn't get. And that was, uh, episode two of Sonic four, which was, I guess, probably for the better for me at that point. um but all this stuff like because the infrastructure is probably like loomed across like a lot of the ps classic stuff um is compatible all the way up to ps5 if i remember so like yeah as long as you purchased it on a version you should be able to download it on any of the platforms so that's not a huge headache though i'm hearing people are people are saying you know down you know buy these games before the store goes down for like the Vita and for PS3, just because there's a lot of PS classics that are only available through those platforms. So once you get it, at least you'll have it. But I don't know. I mean, I already own the game. If I own the games physically, I don't really care. But if it's something I actually don't own and I want to get get access to it, I might actually do that. Like, I kind of want to try uh, um, Chrono Cross because I watched a I watched a uh, a recap of it, like a recapitation uh, story coverage of it. And it looked really interesting. So I kind of want to give it a shot. That's the, that's part of the, uh, Chrono Cross, like a Chrono Trigger, like universe, right? It is actually a lot of people are like, no, it's only loosely based on, I'm like, no, it's actually based heavily on it. It's, it, it actually ties up the entire thing all together because there, there were a lot of loose ends that were left by Chrono Trigger that no, that never got answered. This one, it, it ties them up all nicely by, you know, shoehorn by creating a separate, you know, extend extended uh, universe scenario. Honestly, like uh, if there was a reason to buy a PS one, yeah, right, PS one. We're yeah, yeah. Chrono Trigger, Suikoden, um, there's another one too. Arc the Lad, and I think that's it for me. And I guess Star Ocean, because the original Star Ocean was for PS1, wasn't it? Um, I be- uh, se- Star Ocean Second Story was for the PS1. I think the original Star Ocean was a SNES game, but don't quote me on that one. Okay, so Second Story. But yeah, there's yeah. those are four awesome RPG titles that, honestly, if, if you really want to enjoy them the way they were meant to be, just go buy a PS1 and then try to find the games for it. I mean, you're probably going to be paying a pretty penny for it at this point, because those are... Um, pretty well sought out games and the people who do have them probably have them for collector's reasons. So now it, it just depends if you don't care if it's complete in box, most people are selling just discs and stuff for pretty affordable. Like even like final fantasy seven has had a couple of printings because they had a regular and a greatest hits version. So you can find that find those games relatively cheap if you're looking for physical as long as you don't care if you get the booklet and other stuff with it if you're going complete and eh, then it's going to cost you money otherwise i don't think it really matters if you do that kind of stuff like i have no problem with the fact that i own 
digital versions of Final Fantasy VII and some other of the PlayStation Classic games that I got because I'm not going to go out and try and find a pristine copy of Strider, the Strider 2 collection for the PlayStation 1. I don't really care if uh, it's more for me to just play the game, not to actually have them put on my shelf because, well, my shelf isn't really full that full of video games. It's full of all of the, uh, the hobbies that I play. So, meh. Yeah. So, like... Ark the Lead is a collection. It's a six-disc game. You can buy replacement discs, discs but uh, right now, if you wanted a sealed one, you're looking at 250 bucks. And if you want it opened, um, you're getting it for... Well, this is still bidding three days. It looks anywhere between uh, 80 and almost 200 So, I mean... I honestly, I think I'd pay for it for Ark the Lid. I mean, sure. <laughs> Let's see, Chrono Trigger. I, I, I think at this point, trying to buy a sealed copy of that kind of shit's really stupid. I, I mean, unless you're a collector who's collecting specifically sealed in box stuff, it's kind of pointless. As long as everything's there, you should be happy with what you got because. Like in a lot of cases, like you're going to end up having to back up with the majority of those because bit rot on that on those is very prevalent. They'll last for a decent amount of time, but between scratching and CD degradation, you're better off just taking those games and either ripping them onto a hard drive and like because there there are methods to ha- to uh, set up your PlayStation Two with a hard drive because it had that extended hard drive for Final Fantasy uh, the the the. Uh, the first MMO that they did for the PlayStation two slash PC. Um, you can hack that and actually just have games on it. And I think at this point for preservation, for for preservation reasons, that would be the best way to go. Yeah. Arctolite is going to be the most expensive. Chrono Trigger looks like a $40 game just for the disc. What was the other game I said? Uh, Arctolite, Suicoden. Suicoden. Yeah. Honestly, Which I, think I, have, I think I have Suikoden and two on my shelf. Suikoden and one and then yeah. two. They the game is one of those first early early games that uh, save files uh, transferred over. If you finish the game, uh-huh. you could you could transfer over. Uh, yeah, Suikoden two, Chocobo Racing, Parasite Eve, Legend of Lagaya, Wild Arms two, and Xeno Gears. Yeah, disc only for Suikoden is 40 bucks. So, yeah. Arc Delay is the one that's going to cost you the most because it's fucking six, six discs. So. And then I have my, my Final Fantasy VIII shrine that I have at the top of my uh, display wall, which has <laughs> both the original Final, Final Fantasy VIII and the Japanese version, plus the soundtrack and the strategy guide, because that's how fucking hardcore I am about that game. The only good thing to come from eight was the fucking card game. I love Triple Triad, and they've tried to replicate that that uh, functionality in games going forward in that, but it just never stuck the way Triple Triad did. Nope. Evil Land did actually a pretty good version of a dumbed-down version of it. I'm going to have to look into that whenever I find the actual treasure chest to unlock that, but at the moment I'm kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah, Evil yeah, Evil Land, once you want, there's a, like a little mini card game, and it's very similar to that game. It's It's pretty fun for a dumbed-down version of it. So, yep. Um, we haven't even started our topics yet. I'm just talking about fucking Sony. <laughs> well, 
Well, I mean, Sony was one of our topics, so I mean, you could be you could be forgiven for going on a tire going on a tangent on that. No, it wasn't. I'm looking at the list right now. Didn't I put Sony update on there? Negative, sir. Oh, okay, cool. Random, oh. random freebie. I'm not going to argue. Yeah, I figured it would, we were going to talk about it anyway since we had an update on it. Anyway, so um, I say we start with the YouTube shit. Um, YouTube is supposedly removing the dislike feature, or they're not removing the dislike feature. You're they're keeping the dislike feature, but they're removing the ability to see how many dislikes are on a video. They're testing it right now, so some videos already have it. Um, they're doing this to try to prevent dislike campaigns to stop like the ratio of certain videos. Like we talked about it during the Star Wars episode, we were talking about it. Um, anytime Star Wars puts out a new video on YouTube, it automatically gets hit with thousands of dislikes. So. Um, and the way the algorithm works, as far as most people know on YouTube, the more dislikes you have, the less YouTube's going to push your video out to other people. So people use that to their advantage and start dislike campaigns, which hurt the video. Um, but it is engagement, so I guess it's more of a long-term hurt than it is a short-term hurt. I don't know. The problem with it is, is with at least for me, the the, the removal of dislike or visible dislike is something that creates a detachment for a lot of the uh, um, viewers. And I think that when it comes to dislike campaigns and stuff like that, other than maybe a choice set of fluke situations that have occurred it's hard for me to believe that that many people have gone out of their way and there's a collective enough effort to destroy somebody's credibility on a platform that people make video videos about, uh, uh, box openings and other, you know, paltry shit that somebody's just going to go, go down in flames uh, unless there's extenuating external reasons for that person to get review, get review bombed like that. Like and then if Elbrick that's the right case, <laughs> like with James Charles, I think that's his name. Like, yeah, yeah I'm not even going to talk about the allegations that that person is is in all the fucking time. Like every goddamn month, I hear something new about James Charles doing something or being something or you know being involved in something, and like they they end up getting getting fucking downvoted or down disliked and and unsubscribed at. They already got rid of social blade, so people can't even tell when someone gets someone starts flatlining on on uh, view on uh, uh, subs. So, like, you're literally taking away everything that people were using as a metric. Like, people use social blade weren't just people watching people nosedive in a shit show. The people who were using social blade were people who are up and coming YouTubers who were trying to fucking follow the follow their numbers and metrics so that they could adjust accordingly. So removing that it only really ends up hurting hurting the up and coming YouTubers who are trying to get up and on the platform. Not that I really have any expectations for that. YouTube has been bankrupt as far as I'm concerned, monetarily speaking, YouTube's been bankrupt for fucking eons. And Google is literally just literally just intentionally keeping them on as a well-meaning tumor because they're cornering a market, but they've gone out of their way to try and fuck over bigger YouTubers that they can get away with. 
Like if you, if you have controversial uh, opinions and you get a shit ton of super chats, conveniently you will all of a sudden get a, get a guideline strike and lose access to all of your funding at a very opportune time when they are desperate for money. So it's, it's not a coincidence for people who are watching. It's like, no, they're just stealing your money. Like you were talking about that with uh, PayPal and that weird gambling nonsense that was going on in the background and yep. auctioning and all that shit. But like, this is legitimate. I'm thinking they're doing something nefarious that cause well, like they say, Oh, we'll keep it in escrow until you get your, uh, your your partnership back it's like no i think you're spending that money until you can make it up and get it back to them because yeah, right. it just it, it just sits there and you know that you can spend it while they don't have access to it for 30 fucking days and then you just put that money back in when they're not looking that's what you're doing you're robbing peter to pay paul whenever you can and you're just you're just a uh, the platform itself is a loss leader and you just can't be bothered to fucking follow shit up that's also the reason why they won't let anybody get too popular too quickly because if they can't uh, if they can't feasibly like deal with the ad revenue that they're pulling in and pay them effectively, they're going to end up shooting themselves in the foot while somebody rises up to like a million subscriber stardom, which is not very difficult because there's a lot of people who are getting plaques for hundred K and, and million subscribers like left and right. So, well, look what they did to Crowder just recently, actually like yes, today, I want to say today or yesterday. Oh, the Crowders was uh, a couple days ago. Like, yeah, he lost all of his monetization um, for some nonsense about for some nonsense about spam or something. I don't know. No, the uh, his actual reason for not posting is that he broke COVID guidelines for some of his videos. They said that he was putting out COVID um, false COVID information, and then it was something else that was related. It's something else that he was in trouble. I didn't completely dig into it because obviously it's not something we usually talk about on the show. So, um, but yeah, uh, he, he got banned from YouTube. He can't even upload or do anything on YouTube. And then he got completely locked out of his account on Twitter. So yeah, <laughs> like I know like this is going to sound like a repeat from like episodes ago, but like when we say like, look for your guy, like look for your people, like fa- favorite creators on other platforms, like, yeah, you should probably start checking out what other platforms these people are on because um, shit like this is just going to be constantly happening. So, well, here's what's going to end up happening with, with this is my this is my projection when it comes to YouTube. YouTube's going to continue to strip functionality from the platform in the hands of the consumers. Any of your premium subscribers who aren't getting extra benefits from their other side things, which, to be perfectly honest, other than YouTube Music which is a fucking shadow compared to the original Google music, which had a library that was actually curated effectively. Didn't have dumbass fucking re re upload music that was posted by not the fucking artists and would function effectively. If I had a large playlist without malfunctioning or just completely cutting off at a specific song after a certain point in time, yeah, I, like th- th- these, th- they keep changing things around enough. The co- consumer's just not going to fucking deal with their bullshit. And once you've lost all of the paid subscribers, you're going to lose the the non-paid subscribers who are you know having to suffer through all of the shit tons of ads that you have to put up because you're trying to desperately to keep swimming in a fucking pool of sh- piss and vinegar that you've created for the past fucking ten years. Sorry, I don't yeah. feel bad for the platform, but I feel good for a lot of the people who have jumped ship or have 
sought alternative platforms or even better have made their own fucking websites. Like good on Tim pool for making his own website. You know, all the, you know, controversy and drama around him be damned. Like he's doing the right thing. He's got his own subscription service. He's looking to create a, uh, a, uh, a add on that you can attach to your website that he can give to other people so that they can set up their own subscription services. Like if, if he can get that off the ground and get everyone else moving forward, then it won't even fucking matter about, about getting kicked off of the platforms because you'll be able to set up your own sustainable, uh, funding system. Yeah. He was, he was talking about, uh, starting like his own like media company. And I just recently heard that he's, he might be giving up on that idea. So I don't know. There's there's other options like obviously uh, Patreon gives you an option. There's another thing like Patreon. If I can't I can't remember what it's called. Subscribe star. Subscribe star um, that allows you to do something like that. Like I'm currently looking into getting our own website. And I mean, obviously, Podbean is still hosting us. So if it ever came down to it, like I'd have to figure out a way to load up our uh, I have all of our files for our podcast, load them up on a website. But um yeah, I mean, I get. I guess it was just pushing the other platforms because I mean, the bigger the platform gets, like look at Facebook, look at Twitter, look at fucking YouTube, look at what else is out there. I don't know. Whatever the 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 big thing is, like you have to pay attention to who's doing what because those are the ones that are trying to shut down everybody else. Like what what happened with Parler, what happened with um um. Amazon was like holding people hostage for like their web services. Um, yeah, you just got to like pay attention. Like YouTube has been trying to like shut down daily motion. I don't even know if daily motion is even still a thing right now, but um, I still don't know if it is, but like between bit shoot, bit shoot. Uh, yeah, that's the other one. And, and other bit shoots not going anywhere. It's too decentralized for them to directly attack. Um, so, and everything's peer to peer, so it doesn't really fucking matter what they, if they attack BitChute and a lot of their funding has nothing to do with, uh, actual tangible income because they use cryptocurrency and a uh, blockchain to do what they need to do. Ah, there you go. So yeah, like, like I'm saying, like you, there's other platforms out there, obviously they're not as popular, but if these creators start pushing the other platforms, you know, maybe they'll start getting a following over there and maybe it's safe to say that you start your own you start now on those platforms so you have something even if you're not it's, it's not your focus just so you have something to fall back on so you're the people are looking for you can find you i don't know yeah well that's that that is always a major thing and there were people like boogie who were talking about this like eons ago when the first adpocalypse hit back in 2016 he went and said i when when all the when all the ad company when all the advertisers just jump ship, he just started reaching out to them directly and be like, "Hey, I have no problem plugging your product directly on my uh, on my videos. I don't you don't even need to worry about doing any of the uh, any of the legwork. If you have a script you want me to read, I'll read it. If you have a products that you want me to plug, I will plug it in my own way. Just make sure that you you want that that every all the, you know the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed." And diversifying onto other platforms or creating your own websites. These are things that, that Stephen was talking about eons ago. And a lot of people just, some of them listened to him. A lot of people just brushed him off because like, oh, YouTube isn't going anywhere. But like, what are we on? Like the third fucking adpocalypse? 
since that happened now? It, is it even worth it to say that, that, that the platform's functional unless you're part of the 1%? I don't. I don't know if it's Adpocalypse or if it's creators like what's going on with Jeffrey Star, David Dobrik, and sponsors now completely leaving them, and on top of YouTube canceling their funding. You know what I'm saying? Like I think the bad creators are starting to weed themselves out. Like there's a lot going on right now as far as like YouTube drama goes, and. I don't know. Like the more and more you watch it, the more and more you're like, wow, like for years I've been saying, I hate these fucking people. And now look at them. Now they get in everything they deserve. Are they going to end up flat broke eventually? Eh, if they were smart with their money, probably not, but who knows? Yeah. But your definition of bad creators really ends is, is subjective because it, by that metric, Felix, Felix Shelberg is going to be considered a quote unquote bad creator. And he is the, fucking pinnacle of creators for youtube and was the fucking face of it up until he decided to be human and not a fucking uh corporate sellout like they were hoping he'd be yeah it's pewdiepie i don't know what the fuck they were expecting the dude was a loose <laughs> cannon since he fucking began and especially once he started getting real money rolling in you think he was going to give a shit what you did the fucker was planning on trying to create his own youtube like site after at some point because he just didn't want to deal with your fucking bureaucracy I don't care if he dropped the N-bomb. That's on him. And you know what? And he's responsible for any of the blowback that he got for that. But, you know, calling the fucker a Nazi, a Nazi because he said something like that when anybody who spends a cursory amount of time on any gaming platform with a goddamn uh, microphone attached to it is going to hear even worse than that most of the time while they're playing the most innocent of fucking games. So people need to get a fucking thicker skin about that shit. I don't care how bad or good something is, and everyone's responsible for their own fucking actions. And as far as I'm concerned, if he was saying that in a stream and he had all those sponsors and he lost them, well, that's an ass whooping he had to take. But the dude's a fucking multimillionaire bordering on billionaire. I don't think he gives a fuck. Same with Markiplier, same with Jack Septicai. Like, these people don't fucking care anymore. They've won. If YouTube shut down tomorrow, they still are multimillionaires and can go on as long as they've they've invested their money effectively. Effectively, as long as they want. They can bankroll whatever the fuck that they want. In fact, Markiplier has done, like, fucking six or seven different projects in the past three years now, including creating an entire channel and then fucking deleting it after a year. That's insanity. That's the level of fucking flexibility he had. And the money he probably made from that was fucking bankrolled itself plus one. No way. Seriously? Uh, his the, the channel was called Unis Honest. He made it at the beginning of the year uh, 2020 and then fucking killed it at the end of the year 2020. Wow. He did it as a fucking project. He wanted to put fun videos up because he was getting very tired of doing Let's Play content. Which I don't blame him. The dude's been doing Let's Play content since 2012. Jesus. He used it as a way to, recre to, to rekindle his creative juices, and he did it. He fucking, I watched the stream at the end of Unisonis, and him talking about it. He's like, I got to do something that I didn't think I was going to be able to do. I got to, re I got to make myself, you know, get my, my morale back up after just dealing with such crushing nonsense with YouTube for the past, you know, five years. It's something that he just wanted to do. Hell, Jack goes off and does his own shit now, like outside of uh, 
the other stuff. The thing is, people don't seem to understand this, and it's something that I think I, I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else is. It's like people grow and get older, and their focus and priorities change. Just because they're making money doesn't mean that they're going to keep doing the same shit after a while. It's the reason why PewDiePie, he, he still does fun stuff. Like I watched some of, watched some of his videos; they're entertaining. But like, he's clearly punching to an older demographic because he's getting older. The dude's almost thirty if he's thirty now. Same with Mar- same with Mark. Same with uh, uh, Jack slash Sean. Like these people are getting into the next stage of their lives, and they're not going to want to keep doing this shit. And it doesn't seem like YouTube is cultivating the next generation of content creators effectively when these people finally step off. It's going to be pretty fucking unfortunate for them when that happens because the people who are grabbing these these uh, watchers, this audience, they're not going to have the same kind of pull that the, that these heavy hitters have. Yeah, it's... Um... <sighs> you get got a lot of vloggers like that's like the new thing like that's that's where we're headed <laughs> it's and it's gonna shitty be as shit. yeah it's gonna be boring like i now i'm not gonna say that all vlogging is boring because i watch some vloggers like i love watching the stealth band when the whole stealth band craze started i jumped onto uh onto one or two of them and I watch them occasionally. I love hearing about what they're doing with their lives because it's really cool to to live vicariously through somebody who's doing that kind of shit. But like when it comes to like makeup stuff and tutorials and other stuff like that, like unless I need those things, like I don't give a fuck if uh, if people are doing that kind of stuff. Not, not the, the whole of the internet isn't for me, so I'm not worried about it if other people like shit that I don't like. And hopefully if that keeps everything going and YouTube keeps going for a little while longer, so much the better. But do I think it's a sustainable platform? I didn't think it was a sustainable platform in 2015. I didn't think it was a sustainable platform in 2012. The moment they started getting blowback for copyright infringement, I knew that this was going to be a fucking headache and a half for them to try and keep everything going because they were using a lot of the same tactics that a lot of file sharing sites were using but they were being more hands off with it where basically they just hold held the door open for when people wanted to plant a copyright boot in someone's ass and didn't defend any of the creators because all the creators were independent contractors. <laughs> yeah. And that basically created this weird detachment where a lot of people, unless you had a YouTube representative that you knew by name and could call directly, your ass was fucked if anything happened to your account. Or if you had a multi-channel network that you were working under, which those ended up becoming a fucking scam after about two or three years. And you can just ask the Smosh people about uh, about their MCN problems that they had because none of them had a fucking dime to show for all the goddamn work that they did. And their platform fucking collapsed. Yep. I don't know. Like, like being, a, being a YouTuber just doesn't sound like a good fucking idea. Like even when my kid was talking about doing YouTube a couple of years ago, I'm like, nah, I might want to do something else with your time, friend. Yeah, it's not. So, I mean, we're making it sound fucking terrible, but um, it's not. The, I mean, the, the vlog, the vlogging is cool. Like, I don't mind that the tutorial thing is cool because that's originally what it was meant to be like that's what it should have been and then you ended up with um what's it called you ended up with like those prank channels or like those vlog channels that turn into like those douchebag channels like fucking logan paul 
Like Logan Paul, <laughs> period. That guy needs... Oh. The vlogging was a major headache, and then drama channels are still a fucking thing. Like, I, I don't yeah. think Keemstar's going anywhere anytime soon. Same with Tipster. Like, but you can, you those can people consider are still him, making money. But you can consider him more of a news channel, I guess, instead of... Um, I don't know. Instead, instead of a, instead of a news like he's more of a news channel than a drama channel. Yeah, he does talk about like a lot of drama, but he's he does it in like a newsy type way. I mean, I'll give it to I'll give it to you, but like I've I've watched his channel a couple of times, and I just like I get nothing out of it like newsworthy. It's just like it's basically e celeb bullshit that yeah, he talks it's about. TMZ. It's still news. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like what we do for video games. <laughs> but he he talks I about the fucking weird drama. Less tabloid, dude. Yeah. We're less tabloid than he is. This his shit's just tabloid for YouTube. The stuff that the weekly reader and fucking the examiner was doing uh, for new for print news and and Hollywood that's what Keemstar does for e-celebs and all that other bullshit. Yeah. So same with, I love it's a Gundam, but even it's a Gundam talks about drama shit too. Like that's, that's his bread and butter. <laughs> that That's, that's how he pays for all the gunpla that he assembles. I'm not going to judge him on that, but it's like, I get no news out of it. Like me knowing what Alenity's doing and you know, what, what animal she's tossing against the wall really doesn't mean a fucking thing to me unless the, unless the fucking uh, <laughs> animal cruelty associations going after her dumbass. Right. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. YouTube is one of those fucking crazy things, and just like anything. I mean, yeah, people are making money and they're finding a way to make money on it, and that's cool. Um, it's it's entertainment. That's really what it comes down to. It's just weird entertainment that some of it I just can't get into. Like I I like watching like the tutorial people like um like woodworkers, painters, um things related to my hobby, which I mean that's what other people do too, like with their makeup and whatever. I just I can't getting into someone's life because of fame just doesn't it doesn't appeal to me. And th- and that's really where everything's headed. Well, yeah, because people are so fucking bored that here it's it's the same. It's cyclical, dude. It's the same shit that was happening with the paparazzi and fucking tabloid news and all that shit. It's another generation of tabloid news and people who want to know other people's personal lives and businesses where it's it's again. the, The joke was is that history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure knows how to rhyme. And that's literally what's happening with this is like the 80s and 90s tabloids have shifted into the same kind of same. It's the same shit with a different fucking scent, scent attached to it. And like, I got, I, I don't have any energy in me to really give a shit about that stuff. Unless it's somebody who's rather interesting or it's something really huge. I don't really want to fucking know about it. Unless it directly affects me. It's not, doesn't mean anything to me. It's just a little whimsical aside that I get to look at and chuckle for a moment before I flip onto whatever other shit I'm watching. Yeah, it's just a detachment of of the medium. Like if you think about it, a lot of the shit that we watch, like I barely can get through a a video anymore without wanting to flip to another video unless it's something that's just going to interest me or something I could play in the background while I'm doing other shit. The last video I watched all the way through, um, I had to stop watching 
because one, um, I felt like I needed to take notes, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. I, I'll explain that in a second. <laughs> and the last one was one just about like video game sales. And that that's really like the only videos I've watched like all the way through. And the, like the one I had to take notes on was the one you sent me about um, basic um, like land structure for your CD for your EDH deck, like what like how much to put in and stuff like that. And he like I, it was a Tolarian Academy or Tolarian what Tolarian community like college or whatever. Tolarian Community College, the professor, guy, the professor himself, the guy whose whose voice I can stand less than perps <laughs> some magic the gathering players ask shut the fuck up and get to the point um he does have good he does have good info stuff though i i, I gotta give him that um but i like he went real quick with some of the stuff and i'm like dude i gotta take fucking notes otherwise i'm gonna be watching this video a thousand times just trying to put together 30 fucking lands from my deck <laughs> So I had ended up st- I ended up watching the whole thing and then trying to go back and take notes and I was like all right I can't I don't have the attention span right now. So <laughs> understandable. Also if you really want to somebody to annoy the living shit out of you like voice wise I I mean I could give you somebody and then like the professor's voice will sound like fucking a sweet symphony. It's just the way he talks, man. Like no, I get it. Like he, he's definitely an acquired taste. <laughs> I honestly, I was, I he's the one magic guy I have not subbed to. Um, I sub to Perp. I sub to Commander's Quarters. I sub to Alpha Investments, and that's about it. <laughs> I, I there's just there's something about the fucking like. I feel like in my bones, like he's hiding something. Like he comes off as a great guy, but like you take off that freaking snazzy costume he throws on that's, you know, that makes him look like he's important and rich or whatever. And I, I don't think he's shit. I think he's hiding something. That's just my opinion. Don't like if obviously if he listens to this, you know, go come prove me wrong. <laughs> tell me, tell me you're not hiding some skeletons in your closet, please. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the expectation for people when it comes to this kind of shit is that these any content creator is like this, you know, this sparkling, you know, untouchable God. And it's just like you do understand that most of these people are human, right? Well, that's why I like Perp because any person is greater than any other person. And especially with like with with the professor, Brian is his actual name. Like, I don't I don't think he's any greater or worse than that, even if he was an actual adjunct professor at one point in his life. Yeah, but I mean that's why I like Perp because watching Perp, even watching his um, like live streams and stuff, he's a regular person. He doesn't act like some famous, um, like famous guy. And what happens is with a lot of these people, I guess Alpha Investments is kind of the same way, and um, Commanders Quarters. Like they just they seem like genuine people that haven't allowed their growth to get to their heads. You know what I mean? Alpha Investments is kind of different, though. Alpha Investments, he already had, he's already got that level of success in his real life that um, the success he's getting on YouTube is kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so, um, but like most people, like if you fall, and that's what happens with the douchey, um, like prank people on YouTube, 
is that they grow too quickly and then they get this this fame stuck in their head and then they become not themselves and they have to put on some sort of act everywhere they fucking go. And that's what bothers me. And I feel like, I feel like Tularian Academy is headed down that road, if not already down that road. So, well, depending, depending on who you talk to, he already, he, he's long since that ship long since sailed for him. But like for, like for, for him, for the professor, uh, for jumbo commander, Saffron, Olive, uh, pleasant Kenobi, these are people whose voices drive me up the fucking wall, but I love their content enough where I can stomach it. Now, Saffron Olive, I've like I've completely divorced myself from the from the main MTG Goldfish uh, YouTube page because like his voice grates on my fucking sanity, and I cannot <laughs> listen to it. No, like if you I, like, I'll send you a link of him talking. And like after a bet, you're just going to start getting this nervous tick you didn't think you were going to have. But like they seem over, they overemphasize. And I'm not sure if it's part like I don't know if Saffron's like that in real life. But like Pleasant Kenobi just comes off as a dickhead. Like, and I don't know if that's a character or if he's genuinely a fucking throbbing cock in real life. And he just takes that energy and puts it onto YouTube. I love his content. I love his, uh, his uh, quick plays on uh, at, when he plays on modern and legacy. I love that stuff. Cause like, he's really funny, but like every time I see his face, it's like all I can do to not punch him in the fucking mouth because <laughs> he looks like he looks like a, a, a midget version of UK Billy Mays. He's got the same kind of facial hair. He looks like he's trying to sell me something. And all I want to do is hit him over the head with a fucking cinder block. That's just like, it's what I see. It, and then it, like, it's not even anything against him. Like he might actually be a genuinely good person, but like, the characters, they lean so hard into them. They just look at them like you're a smug piece of shit and I hate you. See, Perp, if you listen to us, if you don't hate us, from, <laughs> there's worse people than you, all right? <laughs> oh, oh, don't even get if you If you got Perp started on uh, no. on Tolarian Community College, it would be a, fi- a three-hour fucking uh, rant that he would... He, he fucking... He, he hates well, Brian. Hopefully, and he doesn't call him. He, he doesn't call the professor. He calls him La- Larry Lady Hair. <laughs> well, hopefully, he perp still listens to us, and he it just wasn't like a one time thing where he showed up and just answered some questions for us. <laughs> knowing, so, knowing perp, that is exactly what happened, and I don't even yeah, feel bad yeah, about it. Probably. <laughs> probably. He said it on many occasions. He's like, I just want to be in my own little corner. If you're expecting me to give you extended listens on your podcast or your blogs, I ain't here for that shit. And I'm like, fair enough. Eh, I mean, if you're still a genuine <laughs> guy and you respond to me in, in your fucking streams and, and to Jason, I don't give a shit what you do. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't pop into his streams and say anything half the time. I said, I said something a couple of times, like right after he did the podcast. But like, I usually just sit there and just watch him because I'm not that type of person. It's like, oh, yeah. Hey, give me another shout out. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel anytime I talk to him in like a public setting. But if it was like message wise or even like um, like stuff like that, like even like Twitter, like I don't feel bad about that. Like. I'm just like saying, you know, what's up, man? Like that type of shit. I, I'm not like, I'm not looking for handouts, I guess <laughs> I should say. <laughs> and I don't want him to feel like I'm looking for handouts. <laughs> no, especially because that's not our objective at the end of the yeah. day. Because if we're not growing on our own merits, then no amount of fucking life support from an outside source <laughs> is going to fucking help that. Nah, for real though. No, but I genuinely, I genuinely like the guy. As much as I, I say his voice annoys me, I genuinely like him. <laughs> 
good old friendly razzing. That's all we give him. Uh, <laughs> speaking speaking of MTG, we should get into this plagiarism shit that's going on. Oh God, it, it it's it's been resolved at least. That's the only positive. I know I'm burying the lead on that one, but like going into it, like oh my God, what the fuck, dude? Um, it didn't get completely resolved yet. Um, oh. They put out a statement. Wizards put out a statement. But um, other than that, like nothing's been resolved. In fact, more people have come out. And I think there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know if it's gotten silenced or I haven't really followed it too much. But um, for everybody listening, um, there was a creator on DeviantArt. If you don't know what DeviantArt is... It's a website back from fucking what? I want to say the 90s since the internet fucking started. Like, I think I still have a DeviantArt account somewhere um, where people post their art, like artists post their art. And uh, it used to be like the only way you could really find like cool art that was out there. And there was like all sorts of art, like any kind kind of medium was on there. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't been in that website in a long time, so like I couldn't really tell you. But um this one girl drew, I think it's a girl. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, did an art for Nicobolus, and he's one of the um, Elder Dragon Planeswalkers from Magic the Gathering. And people do fan art, and MTG has a fan art like policy, um, which I thought was weird in general, but um, I guess it makes sense so that they don't have to keep questioning people. Or people don't have to keep questioning them about using the art. But, um, so what happened was, is she did this art piece. And, um, what card was it? Do you remember what card it was? No, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'll look into it. It's one of the new Strixhaven, um, Mythic Archive cards. There's a picture that has two dragons on it. And obviously one of them is Nicol Bolas. And somebody commented on her thing saying, hey, this art piece is in one of the new cards. Well, she went to go look at it. Um, where is this card at? If I can find it. That way I can post it to the Facebook page so you guys get a better idea of what the fuck we talking about. Ah, oh, fuck. Where is it? Anyway, so um, she took the she took the picture that she drew and she like lined it up with the picture from the from the card, the new art on the card. And it was like frame for frame. OK, Crux of Fate is the name of the card. Um, oh, OK. And it's like literally like she could overlay Nicol Bolas over the Nicol Bolas on the card. And there's two dragons on the card. It looks like one of them's Ugin. And the other one is Nicol Bolas. I could be wrong, though. I'm not very good with the names of things. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, they're, they look like they're fighting on the card, but she literally took it, turned the art, put it over it, lay, overlaid it. And it's like line for line, like perfect. So the internet freaked out. She posted something about it. It went to it got back to Wizards. Um, the guy who did the art on this card was suspended. I think his name is Jason Felix. 
Fuck, it's really hard to see the fucking card on the fucking spoiler list. Um, I don't know. Something Felix is the name. And yeah, it's Jason Felix. So um, he's done art. He's a, what, 14-year veteran, they said, for art um, with magic. And he's been suspended. They've suspended further work with him in into looking at it. But honestly, I think that's just to quell the, you know, quell the fervor of everybody freaking out about this. What I think is going to happen after reading the um, the policy is that nothing's going to happen because in their fan art. Um, policy they say that they can use your art or use a semblance of your art which is what this is to create actual art for them so um you're using their ip so i don't think anything's gonna happen do i still think it's shitty that this artist did this because these artists were like they've these are like paintings that most of these are like paintings that were taken and turned into cards for this showcase. Obviously the faithless looting that we were talking about last time and uh, the harmonized card were both full blown paintings done by the same artist. So they've searched out specific art for these cards to use and I don't know. I can't see them. I can't see wizards doing anything about it. I mean, they've suspended further work, meaning that they don't really care what's happened here. And they're not going to compensate this girl unless this girl obviously tries to go after them, which probably won't happen because most artists, once their shit's stolen, they don't have the money to go into a long court battle, especially with a company like wizards, AKA Hasbro. Fair enough. I mean, that's just my opinion. So, uh, well, that's a good observation. Yeah. I mean, is it shitty that it happened? A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't like, I mean, just like any other creator, like I, I hate when somebody uses something without being spoken to about it. But to, if you're a 14 year art veteran, you should not be drawing like, the lines in his hands match the lines in the hands of her art. Like that's how specific it got. <coughs> Sorry. Like he, he sought that piece out and was like, I'm going to use that and maybe only drew half the card or only painted half the card. I mean, who knows? I still think it's shitty though. And uh, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything that's going to ha- come from this. Like, honestly, um, if anything, she got more, I hate to say it more exposure. Um, but, and she's a great artist and I think she should be compensated for it, but I doubt it's going to happen. That's just my opinion. So. <clears throat> yeah. And in, in those cases, one of two things is going to occur. They're just going to blow her off wholesale or they're going to give her some token, um, compensatory note whether it be monetary or some kind of like attribution like they'll put her in uh, on, on something on a website i don't know like they'll, they'll, they'll give her something, something. Candy if they're gonna do yeah 
Like, yeah, like, yeah, the like overall thing or... with that kind of shit is it's like, it's fucking despicable that that kind of stuff happens. But it's deviant art. I'm like, you can watermark all fucking day, and people still steal shit. Yeah. So holy shit. This guy's done okay. So he's done a ton of concept art for Magic. He's done Dead Space, Starcraft, Hellgate, Dante's Inferno, uh, Battlefield Hardline, Elder Scroll Legends. So this guy is a pretty well-known artist. If anything, this is a fucking tarnish on him. Cause holy fuck, hold on. He did Zendikar concept art. So yeah, this guy's been around for a while. My wonder now is, I wonder how much of the, uh, the the collective insanity of the internet's going to start delving into his old works, and see if there isn't something that was already existing on DeviantArt that he might have he might have lifted at that point. Because you got to imagine, if you did it once, he had to have done it multiple times. There's no way in fucking hell that he didn't do it again. Like the, the one of anybody who anybody who uh, has gone through a a book report or one of two knows you change just enough of the fucking details to ensure that you aren't plagiarizing. Clearly this person did not catch that memo when he did crux of fate. So who the fuck knows what's what, what, what'll happen after this, but I can't imagine that there isn't at least a few people who aren't going to go down the rabbit hole and try and see if he didn't do other things like that in the past. Yeah. I mean, possible. I don't see anything like as far as looking through the magic concept art that he's done. Um, he it looks like he's done a lot of the Eldrazi for them. Illustrations, mm. Magic the Gathering. Oh, this guy goes back, like way back. Look, like I said, if it was a one-off scenario and he just lifted just one thing, good for him. But it never ends up being that case. With a lot of these people, like anybody, anybody who 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 knows how that stuff ha- how how that kind of stuff happens, he's probably got a he's probably got a fake DeviantArt, not fake. He's probably got an extra DeviantArt account that he uses. He probably scopes the, that out again. I'm not assuming this is all under the under the purview of a legend, but when 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 one time this happens, it it, it has bound to happen once or twice more in the past. Yeah. He- He's an artist for Conan and Star Wars comics. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, maybe he just got lazy, but still not an excuse. So, agreed. Well, like I said, we'll see what happens in the future. It, it, hopefully, it doesn't it doesn't lead anywhere else. That's. I always hope for a one-off with this kind of thing, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't, you can find his website. It's just jasonfelix.com if you guys are interested in looking at what he's worked on or looking at his other art. Um, it doesn't look like he obviously has everything on here. He does do MTG concepts and environment and key arts, and you can look at some of his illustrations for Magic. I don't know. It's cool. It's Sometimes it's cool to look up the artists you like because you'll find them, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, we'll just keep watching this one, see what happens. I don't think anything's coming out, coming, um, coming from it, really. So yeah. All right, let's move on. What is next? 
Uh, we're skipping that one. Uh, Strixhaven banter. Jelly banter about the Strixhaven? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about MTG shit, so why not? I know, right? This is the whole MT- Every time Orlando's not here, all we do is talk about MTG. Uh- <laughs> it's like the coast is clear. Bring it out. Yeah. He won't fall asleep on us this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've released a bunch of new spoilers. Um, I'm noticing something really cool. I don't know if you've noticed it. The um, silver is it silver quill? Is that the name of is it? Is that the one with ink legs? Yeah. Yep, it's silver quill. Oh, sweet! You can. There you go. I didn't know you can click on the different schools and bring up just their specific cards. They have inklings and everything's related to ink. It's really kind of cool. Yep. And I think all of the, uh, the elder dragons have been spoiled now. So yep. Silver. I think the, was the I first think one to get spoiled. one out of them right now is the, uh, the Golgari colored one, uh, wither bloom. Let's take a look. He's kind of oh. crazy, actually. It seems every single class or every single school has their own thematic token creature. Uh, with uh, uh, Silver Quill has Inklings. Witherbloom has pests. Yep. Um, uh, Quandrix has um, uh, what the fuck are they called? Uh, they they have something math related as a token. Um, and then, uh, the Boros colored one has spirits as their main focus. And I think that's all of them I got. So yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Silver quill, the inklings look like it's a very, we're creating inklings, but we're also buffing the stuff. It's, it's a buff thing that black and white hasn't really seen outside of like the tribal characters. Right. Vampires, yeah, angels. They, yeah. Yeah. Usually you get it with Boros, and which is now Lorehold. Yeah, so. Lorehold. They deal in spirits and I think there's some equi- I think there's some artifact support too. Yeah, it's really weird. Okay, so the the Wither Bloom Dragon, um, at the beginning of each upkeep, create a one-one black and green pest creature token. When they when this creature dies, you gain one life. So <laughs> you always have a blocker, always have a chump blocker of some sort, and you could pay ten life to untap all the lands you control and only activate this once each turn. So that's kind of crazy because black and green have a lot of like life gain or ability to gain life, but it's a very, it's a very black esque thing to pay life to do stuff, but to untap all of your land. That's insane. (laughs) Well, yeah, you combine that with the fact that you get a pest token, every upkeep, not just yours, every single upkeep, you're getting a pest. Oh shit. Even on your opponent's turns. I didn't even realize that. Yep. Yep. I, the card the card I like most out of Witherbloom though is Harness Infinite uh, Infinity. So far, I think everything's been spoiled though, right? We're looking at like a couple weeks of full blown pre order. 
I want to say yes, but uh, don't quote me on that one. Yeah, I'll look into it. I don't know. So Harness Infinity is an instant. It costs a lot of mana. It costs you seven mana to cast. But uh, you would get to exchange your hand and your graveyard and then exile that card. Like, that's insane. That's straight up insane. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. I think... The, um, their creature is actually... There, there's a couple of creatures in this set that are really fucking wacky, too. Um, uh, let me see if I can find them. That's... Uh, so, I, like, overall, as a set, I don't like it. Like, I don't think it's, like, crazy go-all-in like Kaldheim was. And even Kaldheim now, I'm kind of starting to fall out of love with. So... Um, the cards are forgettable, but, like... All the stuff that they gave us mana wise, it's hard to argue with the with the results on that one. True. Yeah. But like Strixhaven, oh, there's, yeah. there's like a lot of single decent cards that I like that I'm I'm gonna be picking up. But like overall, I think it's a junk set. I mean, I guess we'll have to see how what it tur- like how it turns out because we were talking about this before. I think this is like okay, first off. The dual lands that come in this fix what, what we were missing from Kaldheim. What do you mean? Like they released um, the Boros, the Is It, and the Simic lands. No, they released one for each of the houses. You're talking about the show lands that we were talking about last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are the last of the ones that uh, um, came out for um, fuck. What's the set? Innistrad. Innistrad was the first set that put out Showlands, and these are the remaining ones for it. Yeah. So, like, in addition, cool? to that, they've also added more Popper lands that I'm particularly excited about because all of them have Scry on them built in. Yeah, those were cool too. The Scryland, the, the Scrylands, you can't, you can never get enough of them. <laughs> I like the Scrylands. Um, the teachers I don't see as being very good. Um, unless there's a big Maybe story with Rowan. What? Maybe to build around in commander though. Like the teachers, remember modal cards like that, or double face cards. They're all the colors on both sides. So like you can build them in the in the house colors. Well, you're kind of nice. You're talking about the deans. I'm talking about the legendary creatures that they put out oh wait some of them are some of them aren't the blue one's a double-faced the white one's not the student advocate um oh i guess rowan is yeah you're right did green not get a legendary they probably did no they didn't they uh they, they brought back a uh, um an icoria uh planeswalker into this set too which is kind of exciting that's rowan right no luca luca where's luca yeah luca, luca it's a double face it's a double face card uh luca's on one side and then uh he has a uh um a, a companion creature on the other side which is actually really powerful oh the white one i know what you're talking about the tiger yeah mila the crafty companion yeah. 
But like so, some of the wackier shit, like uh, uh, Demo Goth Titan, a four cost uh, hybrid uh, black green uh, demon creature. It's an eleven ten for four, and whenever it attacks or blocks, you sack a creature. Do you have any idea how many Golgari decks will be running that just based oh. on the fact that it's got built-in sack? Hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. Like some like single cards look fantastic. The Strixhaven Stadium, uh, it's a win condition. <laughs> one to stack on top of the other ones that either get re- either get abused or not used. Right. Approach of the second sun, gates end. Um, fucking uh, divine intervention. Ugh, so many. There's just so many alternate win condition cards that are either miss hits or misses. The was it the Biblioplex? That one looks cool. Two look at the top card of your library. If an instance of sorcery, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. If you don't, you may put it into your graveyard. Activate this ability only if you can. You have exactly zero or seven cards in your hand. Everyone's comparing it to the Library of Alexandria. Well, I mean, it probably is close if you think about it. Yeah. But there's a there's a, a legendary creature that came out that's completely and utterly fucking wacky. And see if I can find him. He's a five color uh, for commander purposes. He's five colors. I think it's called Codexy, I believe. It's, it's it's a fucking book. It's a living book. Oh, it's gotta be. Under and the there context. are so many, and there are so many build arounds around it right now. It's kind of funny. It's, it's probably. Oh, I see further it. Down. Yeah, I see it. Uh, you can't you can't cast permanent spells. <laughs> add white, blue, black, red, and green for four mana. You get to add that. When you cast your next spell this turn, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile an instant or sorcery card with lesser mana value until end of turn. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost, but each other card exiled this way um, on the bottom of your library in a random order. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> Cody Vociferous Codex. Yep. It's a fucking book <laughs> that walks. It's a three cost one four. It's such a weird fucking card. A lot of people are running it um, as an ambush card. Like there's a card called uh, Fracture uh, Fractured Identity, which is a uh, an Azorius card out of uh, one of the older Commander sets. I think it came out in uh, um, the uh, there was a Miracles deck that came out, and I think it was 2018. Um, I, it was Amanatu, uh, and uh, it's. Uh, Exile target permanent. Uh, all other players uh, get a token copy of this card. So you basically <laughs> just put Cody out, hit uh, hit him with Fractured Identity. Everyone else gets a copy of Cody, and they can no longer play permanent spells. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Until you get rid of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course, it's a creature. So most people are going to be like, I'm going to find a way to get rid of this because it doesn't need to fucking be here. Yeah. How do we get more annoying, people? How do we get more annoying? But, like, if you look at the overall power level of of the set, it's much lower. 
like most people I've talked to are like, this is the, this is the less powered set that they were going Minus. for. I'm like, yeah, but like they traded that in for flavor and I'm fine with that trade off. Yeah, but it's minus a few cards. Like, there's a few cards in this set where you're like, what the fuck? We've already, I mean, we've talked about half of them already. But out of, like, the full set, like, ten cards tops, I want to say, excluding the lands. Yeah. Like, overall, like, if you crack the box of this, like, the estimated value on it without the, uh, um, the fucking uh, Mystic, Ar- Mystic Archive cards, like the the EV on it just drops through the fucking through the fucking floor, which is probably a good thing because like for me who does uh, when a new set comes out I do a lot of legend hunting. I try to complete all the legends from that set. Like that's good for me. I I if everything's sub ten dollars after this set comes out, I'm a happy guy. Especially because once I buy all the commons and uncommons, and they're making a lot of uncommon legendaries and they're very powerful. And they've been the doing weird... that since Dominaria, and I'm very happy that they keep doing it. And especially with Commander Legends, because there are so many partner commanders. Like, it's insane. Like, they keep doing that kind of stuff, and they keep adding more of that stuff. Like, you're going to see other formats start to get stronger and get better. Like, I've built a Pauper uh, EDH deck just because I have an uncommon legendary I can throw on, uh, in front of it. So, like, keep doing the stuff that you're doing with this, Wizards. Because not only because they're going to they, they keep making alternative prints for different cards, it makes it so that like the base cards become so much easier to get a hold of, even if they're sought after cards because of the the the, the influx of prints. Like the last core set, the most popular card in that was Teferi Master of Time, and it had nine different <laughs> fucking print versions of it. Oh, yeah. Nine. The- so that means that the cheapest version of it you can get for under 20 bucks. Yeah. The the weird thing about this set, though, is that they changed. Okay, so we're talking, when we talk Strixhaven, we'll talk about schools. Like, we've mentioned them, like Lorehold, uh, Silver Quill, stuff like that. The regular color combos are, like, the guilds. So when we mention, like, Golgari, Boros, Orzov, uh, Demir... Like, those are the old Ravnica guilds. And the weird thing about this set is, is that this set is still coming in a rotation where the guilds are used, and it's breaking the guild, like, feel. So, like, this set might not even fit into the standard the standard rotation without completely, like, stripping it apart. I just don't have a problem with that. Like, I when don't it either, comes down to like, it... Ugh, it's so weird. It's so late in a rotation. You're just going to fuck everything up. Dude, the rotations for, especially for standard, the rotations been fucked. Yeah. Like I, I, we, you and I talked about this before, um, outside the podcast. I'm like, they've needed to shrink down the, the card pool for rotation for a while now. And it was originally six and now it's at fucking eight sets. That means that at, at any given point, if you have core sets, there's a chance that they could fucking bridge together and you could have two fucking core sets running. No, because the That's... second the second you drop a core set, the last core set automatically rotates out. It's like it rotates on like core sets now. It's so fucking messed up right now. At least that's my understanding need... of what standards working with right now. I don't know. 
Because this this well, set goes all the way back to beyond Theros, I want to say. Yeah, Theros Beyond Death is legal. Throne of Eldraine is legal. And then everything going forward to now is going to be legal. And that means that you're going to have that big of a card pool. And what ends up happening with that is, is you have situations where people, it, you, you can't have that many. I'm not saying that people can't deal with large carpools because you're talking to an EDH player. I literally have the entirety of magic's history sans a small portion of them that I can't play for my card pool. So if I ever felt like going and picking an older card to play, well, I better grab it while I still can, especially with the fluctuating prices, but I can do whatever I want with that. But like with standard, if you're trying to get new players into standard, which I don't even know if they're even trying to do anymore, especially with arena, they arena, they need to be trying harder, but as far as I, from what I've heard, arena arena standard is absolute fucking uh, garbage right now. It's a cesspool. And I'm going to, I'm going to agree with the professor at this point, like the opportunity that they had to get people into arena and get basically get asses in seats as it were with these challenger decks by including a code card so that a person could just like use the code card and get that challenger deck in arena is fucking ridiculous that they didn't do that. I understand you want people to pay in and the, the, the few people that do the whales that actually pay money on that shit, which good for you. Keep it go. Keep going. Whales keep paying, keep bankrolling that game. Cause there's still people who play it and play it for fun. who are glad that you're still footing the bill on that. But I spent like, five I, I just, for that. Me, I just can't see, my, I can't see myself spending money on digital, digital stuff like that without any kind of payoff. And like, I'd rather collect real cards than digital ones. Yeah, I, spent, I learned that. I, I learned the, that the third way with fucking Hearthstone. I spent the five. Oh god, fuck Hearthstone! I spent so much money on Hearthstone, and then I just dropped the game. Um, I spent five bucks on Arena for their like intro thing. Like they gave you, I forgot what they gave you. They gave you like enough to get like six, six packs. Um, you get a pet, and you get some like other fancy thing on top of like the free codes that they gave, like every time a new set comes out, like the next one is probably be play Strixhaven or something. And then you'll get three packs of Strixhaven or some shit. Um, so like, I think the five bucks was worth it, but like now, like I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, you can't even, you can't even get into, um, you can't even get into a draft sub 20 bucks right now. And a draft in person is 15. You're paying for like the packs basically. So I, I don't get it. I, I just don't understand. It's like they're, they're increasing the price because it's convenient. I, I don't know. Essentially. And if you look at the, especially with, you know, organized play, it's starting to come back now, but like it hasn't been for all, for a year. So a lot of people have been relying heavily on MTGO and arena to do their drafting, to do cube, to do all that other shit that they were doing prior to everything locking down and, and wizards can fucking charge whatever they want. Now, the thing with MTGO is I think their draft, uh, their draft prices are a bit more reasonable because of their in-game uh, currency is a bit more manageable in that regard. 
But when it comes to arena, like they can charge whatever the fuck they want because you can't trade cards and you can't and, and grinding gold in that game is not an easy task aside from doing dailies. And if your objective is to do dailies just to do an occasional draft, I mean, you're going to be doing weeks worth of dailies just to get enough to fucking do that. Yeah. Draft on a Friday. Um, I don't Yeah. The cool thing about that is though, is that they, they give you options of getting those cards where you can just make the cards you need. Like the wild cards. I like it, but the problem with that kind of stuff is like, unless you're cracking a ton of packs, like your daily packs and you are like saving up for like one concerted deck, unless you spend real money, it's likely you're never going to have enough wild cards to be able to really do anything that you want. And one of the major headaches for a lot of people, especially when it comes to, doing ranked doing ranked battles and trying to get up to mythic is like you need the premium shit to be able to go up toe to toe with a lot of these decks and like the field narrows pretty considerably when you get to the higher echelons and one of the major headaches for people is like when you're facing the same deck over and over again like from what i'm hearing right now like the field is mostly mill rogues yeah. and fucking like me uh, and and Red rush and that's like the two major ones right now yeah yep i struggle I mean, against it control and stuff but not as it's not as prevalent yeah i struggle against uh rakdos and i win over 50 percent of my mirror matches with um my demir rogues and i don't even have like the high level demir rogues i have like the budget version of the Demir Rogues. And I'm only in silver, so um yeah. I don't yep. know. I don't know. I mean, I'm having fun with it. I, I log in, I play every once in a while. I had an like I said, with all the free shit you get when you first start, like you can easily make a deck, which I just happened to build that Demir Rogue deck because I was like, oh, this looks fun. And then I realized I was just being an asshole um, because everybody's apparently playing it. Um, but yeah, Rakdos has a lot of hand hate, which totally screws you with the rogues. Yeah, especially because in a lot of cases, if you, especially if you're running the rune crab version of it, where it's just mill, 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 mill. Yeah, most people. Any hand disruption deal dealing with that kind of stuff, you're, you're basically just going to stop rogues dead in its tracks. So oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> no, and it's not like I struggle either. Like it's a struggle, and I'm still having fun with it. But like I once once the that Rakdos like hand hate starts happening, like I'm like ah, I don't know what to do now. Like draw my card and play something. Like okay, <laughs> like whatever. So. I don't know. I actually have a version of that Rakdos deck too. So like I have close to it. I have like the budget version of that Rakdos deck and it's, it's fun to play. It's not, it's not as fast as I'd like it to be, but if the Demir rogues gets rolling right off the bat, like if you open your hand with three land and a rune crab, like, yeah, the, your opponent's fucked. Like the ideal hand is three land, a rune crab. And then, Either the, um, not the merfolk, the um, black, blue, 
flying rogue or the enforcer for the other creature and then whatever for the rest like after that like you literally only if your opening hand is those specific five cards like your opponent's fucked for a good like three four turns <laughs> toss in a fabled passage draw and they're milling six just from your rune crab alone so <laughs> yeah see why a lot of people scoop to you then yeah, well, that's the funny thing is because the Rakdos decks, they play from their fucking graveyards. And I have no way to stop the play from the graveyards other than countering the spell. Um, Are you doing the best of one version? What do you mean? Are you playing best of one or best of three? It's just best of one, like, the ranked. It's the standard ranked. Well, if you want to deal with that, Tormod's Crypt is still legal. It is legal right now and standard. So, uh, yeah, just uh, eliminate their graveyard and that problem goes away. Yeah, I also, to be fair, though, I also do not have a sideboard for my deck. So, <laughs> and I should There's probably. There's no sideboard. Yeah, exactly. I've noticed um, I could probably run a second Limb Dull. Um, not Limb Dull. Who's the fucking cat? The cat companion. Luris? Luris, yeah. I could run a second Luris and take out one of the awakenings I have. Um, I also can go through and take out the ruined crabs and run more like negates, eliminate, um, like more creature removal and counter spells. There's some vamping I can do on the deck, but I, like I said, I'm just logging in and playing. I've gotten the highest I've gotten is the silver three playing that deck. And then it just I rotated out, not rotated out, but it resets itself. I think like every week. No. Every month. I must. I just got reset. I think so it's every month. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I literally just got reset. So. Who knows how high I could climb with that bullshit, but I've noticed I've been running into a lot more of that Rakdos deck. So. And some of the control, yep. some of the control decks I lost to. What did I lose to? I lost to some weird fucking thing. He hit me for like 39 damage. Damn. Off a white spell. And I couldn't see the spell because it ended the game. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? It had something to do with his, like, graveyard. It must have. Not me, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm still learning this shit, because with so many sets in standard, I just, I don't even know what half the cards do. I know what my my Kaldheim cards, which I don't have any. I know what my specific deck does, and I know what, like, Core 2021 does. Like, some of the Core 2021 stuff. Outside of that, I have no idea what the Theros cards are. I have no idea what the Throne of Eldraine cards are. I have no idea what um, what came. Um, it's not War of the Spark. Is it War of the Spark? No, War of the Spark's out right now. Fuck! What came right before Kaldheim? Uh, Zendikar. Zendikar. I have no idea what the Zendikar cards do outside of like. The ones that I own, so like Lotus Cobras and stuff like that. And then, like, yeah, so out of what? Uh, Core 2021, Eldraine, Theros, Zendikar, Kaldheim. Out of five sets, I know what uh, 
two of them do. <laughs> Jesus. That's the disadvantage you're at with just getting into the game again. Like that, and then we were about to add Strixhaven. So I'll know what Strixhaven called Heim in 2021 do, and then what? <laughs> I, I, that's half the half the the card pool that I have no idea even exists. Yeah. Yeah. Standard sucks still. I wish I, I wish I could just go back to limited stuff. I mean you can draft online, but um what is it? Um, draft, and then the other version was—is the pre-release? Yeah, yeah. The pre-release is the other limited version. I think uh, my suggestion to you is if you're going to do limited stuff, I would go to MTGO for limited because there it's a better value, and the the prizes tend to be a bit more manageable in that regard. Plus, um, with a lot of those. Uh, treasure boxes that you get depending on what you end up uh, you could end up making some good pulls out of that some of which end up might end up being power nine because power nine is actually viable in legacy and vintage so like you could end up pulling versions of those cards with a new updated art that they never released because collectors are fucking dick dick holsters and refuse to allow p allow new versions of older cards because they're so afraid they're going to lose their fucking investment i hope you lose your ass to the fucking chinese proxy market <laughs> it's true though it's true <laughs> and that's the problem though is that people are getting scammed by the fakes because the fakes are just too good eventually the market's going to get oversaturated to the point where only only a specific criteria is going to be able to be legitimately sold. And you're going to have a bunch of people who are just trading blocks of plastic to, to other people. And the cards lose all intrinsic value once you once you fucking uh, um, graded them. They're just they're just fucking pieces. You're just putting them on your wall. Or you're putting them in a safety deposit box at that point. Yeah. So like I'm fine with again. I have no problem with the concept of collecting as a whole, and I've said this multiple times, but the the reason why we can't have nice things and a lot of these sets that they made that have been sitting on the reserve list and may or may not be like epically powerful sets, like we lose access to a lot of those really good legendaries and cards because these fucking people just refuse to let go of the, the the either they're not the nostalgia it's fine for the nostalgia but like they refuse to let go because they think they're going to lose money but it's already been proven multiple times that they can reprint shit and the original versions of them still hold fucking value like yeah birds of paradise has been reprinted to fucking death and the alpha and beta versions of it are still exquisitely expensive versions of it even with the fact that it's not a reserve list card so your fucking your rationalization on that is completely out the fucking window when you have that kind of equity built up in those cards it, it, it's it's complete your, your your point is completely moot to that the best the best thing for nostalgia if wizards ever needed to do that is to just remove the ban list and reprint everything literally just just reprint alpha, but don't, I mean, don't call it alpha, call it like alpha something and give it new art styles, but literally reprint that set and see what happens. <laughs> Every time that they inch 
closer to reprinting shit. Like the jeweled Lotus was the, was people's siren, you know, alarm going off for a lot of people like, uh, they just printed a Lotus. It's got a condition on it, but it's still a Lotus. And it's like, yeah, you know how many, many fucking different they Lotuses a, they printed? Yeah, I was about to say, Gilded Lotus, Lotus Bloom, Lotus Petal, Lotus, um, Jeweled Lotus, um, what else? Nick's Lotus, which Nick's came Lotus. out of Theros. Yeah, they've they've reprinted Lotus and Lotus types effect multiple fucking times. Look at the Mox, Mox Diamond. That's one. That's been reprinted, what, three times, four times now? The problem with those reprints is they were in specialty sets or they were judge promos, so they weren't technically reprinted. The only original printing of uh, Mox Diamond is the one from uh, fucking uh, Exodus or it's either Exodus or Tempest. It's Stronghold or Stronghold. Thank you. Yeah. And it's it's like a two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollar card. It's not even remotely cheap. And it's coveted in several different formats. That's one of the major headaches for those cards is just like. Why in the fuck would I ever want to try and invest in those cards when they've gotten so expensive, especially when you have like you have proxy proxy makers one in America and two in China who are just like, we don't give a shit. We'll print whatever you fucking want. Like one of the major headaches for me was the uh, they ended up making uh, like premium cards that they were putting in one in every case for Kaladesh and Amonkhet. And China's just like, we'll print you like half the set and you only have to spend 70 bucks on it. One of those cards is like 100 to 200 fucking dollars. They're called inventions. And then the ones for Amonkhet were called invocations. And they're they're exquisitely expensive foils that are gorgeous. But like I have a, I have half a set of them and they're not real. I, I don't give a shit. I'm just glad to have them because the art is gorgeous and the card itself is aesthetically pleasing. And that, and that's really what it is. Like people want these things. You've created a, you've created an artificial scarcity because it's so fucking hard to get these cards. And when you do that kind of shit, you can't not expect there to be a black market for people to be able to find them because they're not going to fucking sit there and be like, well, I guess we don't get it. It's only for the privileged few. Nope. China's like, nah, we got you fam. Fine. Just take whatever the fuck you want. want you want an entire set of legends? We'll make you an entire set of legends. Guess what it'll cost you? Maybe a hundred bucks at most. They find they figure out a way to use the get the same paper that they had back in the day, the fucking black core shit. And the, these people are fucked. Anybody that's holding on to some money is just gonna be screwed. Which at the end of the day is fine by me because the way the market fluctuates. If you're sitting on any uh, on on any of these fucking uh, the four horsemen sets or alpha, uh, beta or unlimited or even fucking revised shit, and you're expecting that stuff to stay evergreen, you're fooling yourself. Because even as Orlando has said multiple times, like this shit's just cardboard till you sell till you sell it, and you need still need to find a buyer for that shit. Yep. <laughs> and if nobody's willing to pay the amount, unless it's another collector. You're going to be searching high and low until you find that one person who's willing to deal with you. And if you don't think they're going to scrutinize the quality of your card and find any way to not have to pay the amount that you're asking for, you're fucking fooling yourself. Well, look what look what happened to the Mind Sculptor card. Yeah, Jace the Mind Sculptor got reprinted into fucking Oblivion, and like like every other master set always always has a copy of him now. It's just like it's still like a fifty to sixty dollar card, but like you can find a version of it 
for for cheaper than what the original foil version of it is, which is sitting at like six hundred dollars right now. Four twenty six. Fair enough. The funny thing is, is um, I think the foil, uh, the most expensive card right now in uh, Time Spiral Remastered, I believe it's a toss up. I think it's between uh, the foil void, Chalice of the Void, and uh, foil Thought Seize uh, bonus bonus sheet versions, and I think those are sitting either at four to five hundred dollars a piece. So, like, that's just something that was printed recently, and I can't find a fucking pack of it anymore. I'm glad I got what I got from my box and I'm glad I got what I got from the packs that I was able to scrounge up. But like I'm able to find more jumpstart than I am able to find fucking uh, time spiral because that shit's coveted. Right. Yeah, dude, I can't even find like a pack. I mean, if you look, I'm sure you'll find at least one and I'm sure LGS is still probably have some, but it's like, it's going to be a pack here or there. Like I didn't realize that set was going to sell that fucking hard. And that that hard out of the gate, but like the reprints, like getting a sliver legion for sub fifty dollars, and getting like a lot of the mythics that came out of th- of uh, Time Spiral Remastered was just fucking great. Like I don't think I've I, I don't think I've ever been that lucky, especially because like the original printing of uh, sliver legion is was peaking at almost a hundred hundred fucking dollars, because those slivers just they're just money. That's that's what they are. All of the sliver legends that are out, like especially the fucking reserve list uh, sliver sliver queen, sliver queen I think is sitting at almost three hundred dollars right now. Time Spiral that's remastered ins- the top card at thirty five bucks is sliver legion, chalice uh, of the void, thought seize at thirty five, tormagoyf at twenty five. Damnation at 22, Gemstone Cavern at 25. Dude, these prices look like they're dropping. Yeah, because they're reprints. Whenever there's a reprint, it drops the prices. Which is a good thing. I'm not arguing. Pact of Negation? I eventually want to get myself a Gemstone Cavern. I need a Pact of Negation, by the way. Okay. I'm I'm not using it. Yeah, I'm not using it, so I can put it in the trade pile if you want. Oh, we can do that. Whatever. <laughs> I'm looking it at this one for it's 16 bucks. It's cost 16 you a bucks. Test, but it's yours. This $16 one doesn't, I mean, it's 16 bucks online right now. For the That's fine. Now. I'm sure I can find something out of your shit that'll even, even things out. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Don't live power. I don't know. Like, I just, I just want to crack one of these packs open. I've been having such good luck lately that like, I just want to grab something just to grab something. Well, considering you and I aren't going to be meeting up until May, like you, yeah. you have time between now and then to crack any of the cards that you're asking for. So I'm not terribly if I could concerned. Find them. <laughs> if I could find them, that's the that's the kicker. <sighs> I'm going to start buying Core 2021 again, though. Uh, I need a Fabled Passage, and I forgot Fabled Passage came out of that set. Uh, you can buy them that way, or you can just buy the fucking singles, or you can, I believe the newest Challenger decks, I think one of the decks actually has Fable Passage in it, so it's up to oh, you. Perfect. Well, I'm, I plan on picking up the Demir Rogue one anyway. So, um, all right, we got one more topic, and that topic is the Bethesda sales on the Nintendo Switch. All Bethesda games are 50% off right now. So if you want Doom, 
Um, I don't know if Doom Eternal. The Doom. I assume Doom Eternal is on there. On that list, I believe so. It's not, it's not the best version of that game, but yeah, I think it's on there. Yeah, there's a bunch of Dooms. Um, Skyrim and the Wolfenstein, both Wolfenstein games, are on fifty percent off right now on the Nintendo Switch. Neat. Yep. And PlayStation sales, spring sales just started today. So. Yep. I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing some. I think it's Final Fantasy. The the MMO I think is fourteen, right? I think so. Yeah. I'm actually enjoying it, at least for the little I played of it. Like I don't feel, I, I, like the, like the the interface is a little overwhelming, but like getting into combat, interacting with like the NPCs doesn't feel too unintuitive. Obviously, I haven't played with anybody I know because I don't think anybody knows that I'm on the fucking thing. And the one person I, who does know that I'm playing is not even on the same fucking server I'm on. So it's just like, oh, guess I'm not playing with you then. That sucks. And this is on the PlayStation? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm playing it on the PS4. Hmm. Did it cost you anything? For the set? Yeah, I paid like 60 hmm. But it's all the expansions plus the base game. And I get 30 free days of uh, being able to play on it, at least as far as the base game is concerned. Once I start getting into the expansions, I think it's like 13 a month, which isn't too terrible. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad at all. Sounds like a normal MMO. I just don't have time. Well, I I guess now I kind of have a little bit more time. (laughs) Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. Oh, man. All right, I think we's done with this episode. Um, yeah, you can find us on Facebook at Angry Wargamer Podcast. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, the Angry Wargamer. Um, I don't remember if I changed it to Angry Wargamer Podcast, um, but it's just our podcast upload. So if you're listening to this, you've already listened to the episodes getting uploaded there. <laughs> uh, you find us at Twitter at Angry Wargamer, Drew at Punk Toast, and Lando at Ragnarok Knight on Twitter. And then, like we said before, we have a Patreon. It's only a dollar. Once I figure out what to give out to you guys, other than like a shout out, maybe I'll add some more tiers, exclusive content, stuff like that. Only a dollar a month patreon.com slash angry wargamer and yeah remember stay sexy and go fuck yourselves